Welcome to Lost in the Supermarket, the podcast that goes behind the shelves. We take a look at the latest grocery trends, the latest health information, and how to make every shopping trip the best it can be for your shoppers. I'm your host, Phil Lempert, and today it's all about the first thousand days of life. According to the American Academy of Pediatrics, the most active period of neurologic development occurs in the first thousand days of life. For the first time, the 2020 Dietary Guidelines for Americans will consider neurocognitive health and development throughout all life stages, as well as comprehensive dietary guidance for women during pregnancy and infants and toddlers under two years of age. As the body of science grows, the critical nature of key nutrients during the first thousand days will become an area of increasing importance for health professionals to address. However, despite this exciting momentum, research reveals a concerning knowledge gap among key practitioners, opticians, and pediatricians, as well as mothers, when it comes to key nutrients such as choline and lutein. The objective of this podcast is to explore the cutting-edge science on diet and neurocognition for the first thousand days and address opportunities for education amongst health professionals and relevant patient populations. Our guest today, Dr. Mickey Rubin, the executive director of the Egg Nutrition Center. Dr. Rubin began his career in the food industry at Kraft Foods, where he served as a senior nutrition scientist. Mickey then served as principal scientist at Provident Clinical Research. Most recently, Dr. Rubin spent eight years as Vice President of Nutrition Research at the National Dairy Council. He is also the author or co-author of numerous peer-reviewed scientific papers and textbook chapters covering the topics of nutrition and exercise science. Dr. Rubin, welcome back to Lost in the Supermarket. Thank you, Phil. Glad to be here. So tell us a bit more about your background and career and what brought you to work with ENC and a little bit about your role there? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, I started my career after finishing my doctorate at Kraft Foods, where I was a nutrition scientist, and then eventually found my way to the National Dairy Council, which is a farmer-funded commodity board that does research and communicates on you know the nutritional benefits of foods. In that case, it was dairy foods. And that was really where I I really found my niche in working for these farmer-funded associations and working for on behalf of farmers because farmers are so, so passionate about the food they produce and really supportive of good, strong nutrition science. And so that was a, it makes it a really rewarding experience uh, working on behalf of farmers uh, previously in my position at the Dairy Council and now very similar my position here at Egg Nutrition Center, which is a farmer-funded organization. So, Mickey, what, what's interesting to me is, and I know and I've spoken and met a lot of farmers myself as well, they've got this body of knowledge, consumers want this body of knowledge, and very rarely do the two connect. So you're really in the middle of that, taking that farmer knowledge, adding some science to it, and being able to communicate that properly, both to retail dietitians, other dietitians, as well as consumers. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. You know, my role here at Egg Nutrition Center is to sort of be the center of all of those folks. So we've got, we work with uh, university scientists. Uh, We sponsor nutrition research that's published and peer-reviewed in scientific journals. We also work with dietitians and other health professionals who are really on the front lines of uh, communicating that knowledge and that science to consumers. And so it's a really it's it's a really great place to be and a really rewarding experience. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, on a scale of one to 10, one being um, 
nothing and 10 being really smart. In today's environment, where would you put consumers as it relates to food and health? You know, I think consumers are pretty high. I don't, I'm not sure where I can put the number, but definitely on the higher end. They definitely get a passing grade okay. <laughs> because I think that consumers these days are very smart and they're, they're, they, they come with a little bit of a skeptical eye now. In my experience, uh, you can't just say, oh, do this. It's good for you. And they'll be like, well, how do we know? How we all, where's the science behind that? Right. I, I think consumers these days, and you know, it seems like every day, every year, consumers are just getting smarter. They're asking better questions. They're asking more informed questions. That really helps us in terms of you know, how we communicate and making sure that what we communicate is the best possible information, science-based information. And are they smarter because they finally get that mind-body connection that they understand that what they eat is going to affect their lives? Or is it just being driven by so much information with the internet and with the media and with in-store dietitians? What's causing this high level of education, empowerment, and desire? Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. I definitely think they want to take control of their own situation. So they're going to educate themselves as best they can. That's why it's important to get the the best possible information and science-based information out there. And I also think that, you know, that there's just better appreciation that maybe there's not one magic bullet and that they understand, as you said, that mind-body connection. They need to understand the total package, whether it's from a diet or a lifestyle or the connection between the two. I think that's part of it as well. Gotcha. Okay. Let's switch gears a little bit and talk about this neurocognitive health throughout, uh, you know, from birth to death. I mean, that that sounds a little dramatic, but why is neurocognitive health um, of such interest right now? So I think that, you know, we spent a lot decades now, and rightfully so, we've been really narrowly focused on sort of the metabolic health, the metabolic diseases, heart disease, diabetes, Mm -hmm. obesity. And absolutely, we haven't we haven't fixed that, you know, for sure. You know, that's still something we need right. to be aware of, something we're conscious of, something that we, there's even still more research going on in that area. Uh, we haven't cracked the code completely. But I think what we're realizing now is that uh, while being so narrowly focused on the metabolic health, uh, you know, we can't lose focus of that neurocognitive health because it is, it is you know, we have to, the mind is, is just as important as the heart, right? Right. So I think right now we're developing a greater appreciation for the nutrition connection to cognitive health. And as you said in your introduction, you know, it's a really exciting time right now because for the very first time as the Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee is convening as we speak for the 2020 recommendations, for the first time, they're really focusing on this area right up there with heart disease and diabetes. Obesity is, is them looking at the connection between nutrition and neurocognition and neurocognitive health throughout the lifespan. So, you know, we've talked about the first thousand days, but when we look at brain health and, and what I think is so important as we're starting to see the aging baby boomer, we're starting to see whether it's more Parkinson's or more dementia. Um, we really need to think about, you know, brain health, as, as I said before, from brain to death and what consumers can do. They shouldn't just being able to throw up their hands, uh, you know, for a new parent. You know, all all the new parents want their mm-hmm. kids to go to Harvard and to be brilliant and, and so on. So so they have a lot of attention <laughs> about brain health. But we can't forget when we get into our teens and our 20s and our 50s and our 70s and our and our 90s and 100s, brain health is equally as important. 
Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of, you know, coming from a little bit of a nutrition and exercise science background, I think of the brain as, you know, the muscle that we got to have to use. And, you know, the mm. analogy holds true for, you know, ex- exercise and, uh, and nutrition for your muscles. The same thing for brain health. You know, you need the nutrition for your brain as well. You need to exercise your brain as well. So I think it's, a, it's you know, for me that when you, when I think about it that way, it makes perfect sense. So, you know, a lot of people know that eggs are good for us. Um, They think in terms of protein, they think in terms of great taste, but also what about the nutrients for brain health and cognition? You know, choline and lutein, as I mentioned before, what, what role do eggs play with these nutrients and why are they so important? Well, first of all, with choline, uh, you look at choline, we get uh, with one large egg, uh, about 150 milligrams of choline for one large egg. And that's 25% of the daily value uh, of mm. choline right there. So you're really just with one egg, you know, you're really, really making a significant dent in your daily value there. You think about two eggs a day, you're halfway there. I think what we tend to forget about sometimes with eggs, everybody thinks about eggs and protein. Right. And that's absolutely true. Eggs are a good source of uh, high-quality protein. But the other nutrients that come along with eggs, they're a good or excellent source of eight essential nutrients. And a lot of those nutrients are found in the yolk. When you look at choline, it's, there are no really, in terms of commonly consumed foods, eggs are really the best source. I think the only other food that really beats eggs in terms of choline is chicken liver. Uh, so not really a commonly consumed food. I'd, I'd uh, rather have eggs. I'd rather have <laughs> eggs as well. So when you're looking at the best way to get your choline intake, it's definitely eggs are your best bet. You know, when we look at what choline is showing in the research in terms of neurocognition, that's where it gets really exciting. Because right now there's research going on that shows that consuming choline, uh, maternal choline consumption, so pregnant women consuming choline, those who consume higher amounts of choline, that's actually translating to better cognitive outcomes for their infants. Mm. So we're really seeing the connection from the maternal diet to an outcome with the infants. And that's really striking. So not only do we see in observational studies, women who consume higher amounts of choline during pregnancy and showing greater cognitive outcomes with those infants, there's actually some randomized controlled trials intervention trials that are supplementing women with choline during pregnancy and seeing those outcomes in those infants later in life. And so there's been some research that's shown up to a year of age with those infants that showing improved cognitive outcomes. Mm. And now we're seeing that actually being persisting well into toddlerhood up until around age seven. And what about lutein? Is there any research being conducted there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Lutein is one of those nutrients that a lot of folks might think of for eye health and reduce risk for macular degeneration, and that's absolutely true. And eggs are a source of lutein as well. It's it's really the pigment of the egg yolk is really due to the lutein and the zeaxanthin content in the egg yolk. Lutein is also found in high quantities in green leafy vegetables, again, where you see some really strong pigment. And lutein in your diet actually accumulates in your macula. That's the connection with eye health. And now what we're seeing is the connection between the the eye health and brain health. Mm. So the greater macular pigment 
is now being associated with better cognitive performance. And we've seen that in studies of both school-age children who have shown better academic performance with higher macular pigments, as well as aging populations and showing improved cognitive outcomes with elderly individuals that have higher macular pigment. And eggs are a very bioavailable source of lutein. Lutein is fat-soluble, and it's coming along in the yolk where all of those fatty acids are. So it's really uh, helpful in, in getting that nutrient absorbed when you eat it. So I think it's important to note two things. Number one, and, and uh, you know, I'm probably going over the line that I should be going, but a lot of people who might have been focused on just egg whites, you know, going into a restaurant or making egg white omelets themselves at home and so on, are really missing out on a lot of nutrients, aren't they? I think so. I mean, yeah, we don't want to discount the egg white. You know, it's a it's a great no, no, of course. part yeah. of the food. You know, good 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 protein source. But really, the 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 yolk is where everything else is. It's where all the the vitamins and the minerals and the bioactives like lutein and zeaxanthin. So yeah, don't don't toss the yolk because you're you're tossing a lot of nutrition along with it. Yeah, and and the second part for me is something that a lot of people don't realize. I think that eggs are one of the most inexpensive sources of nutrients, whether it's protein, whether it's lutein, whether it's choline. When we really think about what a dozen eggs cost versus some of the other, as as you mentioned, dark leafy greens or yep, the other yep. animal proteins that are out there, I mean, eggs are a fraction of the cost. Oh, a tremendous bang for your buck. You know, I think, you know, the last I saw, uh, one egg averaged about 15 cents, you know, for one large yeah. egg. And when you think about for that 15 cents, you're getting your eight grams of high quality protein. You're getting your other vitamins and minerals, good or excellent source of, of eight essential nutrients, your choline, your lutein, and others all in one package that's you know, tastes great and it's convenient and goes with a lot of different things. You know, one of the really interesting things about, you know, you see a lot of people pairing eggs with vegetables and frittatas, for example. Mm -hmm. Not only is that a great way to cut down on food waste, you know, if you have some whatever spare vegetables that you have in your refrigerator, throw it together with some eggs and a frittata. Uh, we actually have some research that has shown that that might be a way to better absorb the nutrients in those vegetables when you pair them with eggs. Huh. Uh, research done at Purdue University has shown that when you pair your uh, vegetables with eggs, whole eggs, so making sure you get the fatty acids in the yolk, uh, a lot of those nutrients, those bioactives in those vegetables are fat soluble. And so when uh, you pair them with those fatty acids from the egg, they get absorbed better into the bloodstream. So you're really benefiting from the nutrition even, even more so uh, when you combine your eggs with your vegetables. And I've seen probably over the past couple of years, um, a lot of restaurants and a lot of food service operations adding a fried egg on the top of everything that they can imagine, whether it's mm -hmm. been a pizza or a burger and so on. But just about, oh, I want to say about a week, week and a half ago, I was in a restaurant in New York City and I'd never seen this before. They actually serve grilled asparagus with a fried egg on top. Oh, and wow. I thought, yeah. wow, what a smart idea. Not only adding a lot of taste, but adding so much nutrition to it. I think that, you know, the versatility, the taste, certainly, you know, putting a fried egg on anything also makes it look a lot better. Certainly does. Yeah. When it, for me, when, it, you know, putting that, Putting that fried egg on top of those vegetables and, you know, getting a little bit of the yolk mixed up. I mean, it just that's that's the way to go for me. So, Mickey, if people want more information about 
eggs, about the nutrients, about choline, lutein, the research that's taking place, how can they get that? Well, I would suggest going to our website at eggnutritioncenter.org. We have a lot of great information, uh, nutrition articles, toolkits, all on topics that we discussed today uh, relating to eggs, neurocognition, uh, and the nutrients in eggs. Yeah, I agree. Well, Mickey, as always, thanks so much for for joining us, telling us about choline, lutein, and that first thousand days of birth, of what our babies need. But also, let's not forget that brain health is a lifelong journey that, that we all need to have. So thanks so much for joining us today on Lost in the Supermarket. Absolutely. Thank you, Phil.